Hi everyone, welcome to the Now Podcast. My name is AJ and today we are going to jump back in where we left off last week in our vocation and call series and uh, Jordan and Susanna are going to be answering the question of what do I do if I hate my job? So I think this episode is going to be awesome. I hope you enjoy it. I wasn't able to join. I was on a road trip, but they are filled with wisdom. So enjoy this this episode and stay tuned for more. We have been in a series where we've been talking about vocation and calling. And one of the things that we wanted to do, because we know this is a really big topic for millennials, is we wanted to talk through different questions that we know millennials ask when it comes to vocation and calling. And the question that we've selected for today is... What do I do if I hate my job? (laughs) We know none of you can relate with that. None of you can relate. And this is actually really awkward because Jordan happens to be my boss. And (laughs) I don't know if you know this, Jordan, but I actually hate my job. So I'm going to need some help. No, we're just kidding. Um, No, we want to talk through this question because both of us have had jobs that we have hated in the past. Or maybe hated is too strong of a word, but just uncomfortable with or disliked or wasn't satisfied. Yeah, exactly. So um, this is not going to be a long podcast. We're just basically going to talk through this question. And we hope that if you are in a position right now where you're feeling dissatisfied with your job, that we can kind of talk around this and figure out some healthy ways to think about it. Totally. Yeah. And I think the goal would be not to tell you, inform you what to do, but I think probably speak into how to think so that, you know, we can shift, um, perspective and I heard uh, the analogy a long time ago that like focus is really powerful because what you focus on actually gets bigger and you know like it actually empowers you in a sense so like if you were sitting on the couch late at night like in that groggy half you know sleep state and you know you're like dead you can't you you don't you're too tired to even get up and go to bed you know what I'm talking about yeah like, totally um if someone called you in that moment and said like, hey, your dad's sick in the hospital, you would suddenly be wide awake, fully alert. You'd go, you'd know, you know, get in the car and you'd be like booming. It doesn't matter how tired or groggy you just had been. And I think sometimes that's kind of what happens in a work environment where it's not satisfying or whatever. You kind of drift into that groggy half sleep and it's like, I'm not happy, but I don't really want to take the energy of finding a new job. And it's just kind of like that whatever. And I think that's my hope today is that like we can give some new perspective to focus on that will kind of a boom alert so that like, wow, there's actually purpose that God has for me here, you know, in yeah. in type of season. So. Yeah, that's a really good analogy. So we're also probably just going to be really real with you. And we've spent a lot of time thinking about this. We've actually had a lot of conversations about this, just like us and different friends that we have. Um, we've walked the journey but I think, George, like maybe the first thing we should start with is mm-hmm. has there, you're, you're a pastor now, you hopefully really love what you're doing. Yeah. Um, has there been a time where you were doing something that you really felt like that, like dissonance or vocational incongruity where you're like, I was not oh, meant to be doing this. That's a smart word. Yeah, right I'm just there. throwing out all the big words. Uh, right I mean, I'll even break the myth right now. I love what I'm doing, but I don't like there's some days that I, you know don't and uh there's some days that i'm like you know you can i have my moments where it's like wow would the grass be greener somewhere else doing this and so i think even um that's actually one of the things i've had to like have a disillusionment of is i thought i'm doing quote unquote all the things 
that I thought I, that I know I was made to do and God had told me I was going to do and seeing promises fulfilled. And I found that it's really, it really didn't satisfy like, and I would almost almost like, why am I frustrated and stuff? And so that's not to say that there's not purpose and there's not joy, but it is not some sort of euphoric dream, perfect life. You know, it's like, I mean, you know what it's like, it's human and real and difficult and messes and hard and Sometimes you're just naturally discouraged or whatever. So, which um, is just interesting because we grow up thinking that it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? You grow up thinking that when you get to that, that you, yes. you become whatever it is that. And then life is perfectly yeah. fulfilled. Yeah, no, I read this article um, uh, years ago where uh, I think it was from Aaron Rodgers. It was an article about him the morning he woke up the morning after he won his first Super Bowl and he was just empty. Hmm. And it was almost like, well, what's next, you know? So it's like, and it's not like his life's gone to crap or whatever, but it's just like the reality is I think there is a great achievement, an accomplishment that comes with things, but like, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't satisfy the deep thing, you know? Yeah. So I think we all, I think, and sometimes uh, we put so much expectation on work, vocation, that it's supposed to satisfy us when I just don't think it, it literally like doesn't have the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think it, that's probably one place I would start is saying like, we can take the pressure off. Like, you know, cause it's like, if I don't have all that pressure and this idyllic thing, then it's like, I can take it and let it be what it is and offer the good that it does have without like having to be so upset with it all the time because it's not giving me what it can't give me, you know? So maybe like if somebody's in a place where they're uncomfortable with their job, they're not miserable, but they're like uncomfortable. Maybe Mm -hmm. they should take time and think, can I be content here? Like, is there actually Mm -hmm. a grass is greener on the other side or is this just this elusive? Yeah. Am I chasing a carrot on a stick that I'm not going to get at a different place? And so, you know, I think uh, happiness is an inside job. And so that doesn't mean that every work environment is the epitome and that there's not growth in different places that will suit us better. I totally think there are, but I think that um, we can have joy in that whole process. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So totally. it's obviously attention and a discernment, but you know, uh, so even, you know, for me, um, case in point, like I've been in ministry, um, ever since I, my whole quote unquote professional life, you know, once I graduated school, even before I graduated, um, university and, um, but there, I found that there, there were environments that were more congruent with me than other environments. And you know what I mean? So I don't think that it's like one size fits all, just be happy wherever you're at. Like, I think there is room for movement. And I think that there's room that as we grow in who we are, we find ourselves in environments that are more fitting for, as we know who we are. But I think that God uses every single stepping stone on the journey to shape us. And I think the more that we become aware of who we are, I think then it's much more easy to recognize vocational congruency, you know, to use Mm -hmm. your word. It's like, oh, wow, that is somewhere where what I've been developed and maybe the job places that I didn't really enjoy, but I sat my season out. I learned what I needed to learn. I got shaped and that actually allowed me to now start being able to recognize places that would be more like more resonance with who I am. Does that make sense? You know, so I think. So you're, you're basically separating identity and like the job that somebody's in or yeah okay i think that god's primary i think god is always more concerned with who we're becoming than what we're doing right yeah yeah which is really good and it's honestly it's so different than how we've been trained to think because so much of 
like I said earlier, like so much of the way we've been trained to think is that what our job is going to be is going to be part of who we are. It's mm-hmm. going to form us. I've heard the phrase like vocational narcissism, which is another really big phrase, but it's almost like because we live in such an individualistic culture where we're like really, we have the belief that we're shaping our identities Mm -hmm. and we are in so many ways by the choices that we make Mm -hmm. taking certain paths. But at the same time, it's almost like this obsessive, I have to do something that's going to be meaningful. I have to do something that's going to make me the person that I envision myself. I have to do something that's going to change the world. And we get so focused on Mm. the connection between identity and our job that we forget that we're supposed to live out our identity through our job. And sometimes they don't always, they don't, they don't line up in the way that we envision, I guess. Well, there's just so much pressure. We start looking at it as like, it's on us to make it happen instead of looking at life as a gift to be received you Mm -hmm. know and i think that's like the anxiety is it's almost like there's this underlying anxiety like is god like is life really going to be fulfilling or do i have to make that out for myself like is god really going to lead me to a meaningful life like even i think one of the things that like for me growing up church didn't i didn't see how church translated outside of like your devotional life So it was like, I basically caught this idea that like God is about your private personal spiritual life, but like your public life is up to you to make happen and make powerful. Cause I never, you know, like God was in the church and, or at home in prayer time with mom. I never knew what it meant for God to be out in the world, Yeah, yeah. which is so like theologically messed up mm-hmm. but like that was what i was kind of decide that mindset i think was just what i caught i wasn't taught it i caught it and so i think that there's this pressure of we have to make our lives happen and we have to make our lives matter but if we really just could rest in the reality that like we were breathed and created by a god who loves us and wants us to live a fulfilled significant life because we're significant like Oh my gosh, you know, how like liberating is that? Like if you could walk into your work environment already knowing that you're very powerful, significant, and you're put on this earth to do something that only you can do that will be done because it's simply the expression of who you are. Like it makes work a little less like pressure, you know, it's like, then I don't have to like, like, it's almost like you have to grab work and like squeeze the life out of it to make me, you know, instead it's like, no, like I can come and I can just, I can be you know, like there's just such a different posture there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So that's all like really good. Those are good thoughts. We've kind of been talking around it. it. Yeah. Let's make it practical. Cause like totally the reality is like as millennials, we're told all the time that we need to not have this fear of commitment that we need to like root ourselves and we need to do these things. But at the same time, we're getting this other narrative, which is like, don't settle, go after your dreams. And it's like so hard if you're in a work environment (laughs) where let's say, yeah, yeah it's like bipolar yeah it totally is you're like pulled between these two extremes and like hypothetically somebody is let's say working in an office from nine to five doing like hr or something Mm -hmm. i'm that's a hypothetical scenario but i did this at one point it was the worst (laughs) it's a very very hypothetical (laughs) very hypothetical (laughs) so like let's say you're working actually eight to five doing hr and you're miserable and you know that yes you can invest yourself into that environment and maybe you're even using some of your gifts and talents in that environment yeah but you're and you're maybe feeling pressure from parents from different people like it's time to settle down it's time Mm -hmm. to root yourself but then 
you know that there's something more that you want. You just don't know what that is. Totally. What's like responsible in that situation? Totally. Uh, you know, so I think that what I, I mean, I, this is a question I get a lot, right? Yeah, totally. Like, um, in so many ways, like maybe not HR, but um, <laughs> I think that our goal as Christians to be led by the spirit, right? We're being discipled by Jesus. So I think, so I'm just going to take for granted the fact that the reason you're in a job is because I'm sure that there was prayer, some sort of a discernment. I chose to take the job, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm now I'm in a place that I feel like God has led me to. And I have not worked HR, but I have been in, uh, taking jobs, um, that, uh, I knew the Lord was leading me to. And then, uh, found that all of a sudden like now i'm miserable right yeah and all and, the hr people out there we bless you if that's what you feel yeah no if you're do. miserable and Amen. i hope you aren't you know but yeah. <laughs> like i think so it doesn't matter if it's ministry pastor hr whatever um you can get into situations where you feel like god led you there and you're miserable and then i think you start questioning like and i had this in my life i was like okay i think i made a huge mistake like <laughs> and i prayed you know I, mm -hmm. I i always make prayerful decisions and um i wanted so i started looking for other jobs and the lord like met me and he said why are you working why where, where are you going and, <laughs> and <laughs> i was like going? i was like oh like i obviously made a mistake i you know da 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 and you know it wasn't you know that back and forth but then um i just felt the lord prompted me and, and one of the things he said is he's like why are you uh said, I've been working for a long time to get you into this situation. Why are you in such a hurry to get out of it? And I was like, well, because I'm miserable, you know? And so I just assumed that that misery meant that God wasn't with it because I just think I had an assumption that when I got into something that was God, it would be like perfect or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and in that the Lord really started, um, he, what he, what, I didn't have language for it yet, but he started really, um, discipling me into my identity and he basically just said hey um i actually brought you here to shape you and to you know almost like reveal to yourself who you are and to grow you and to grow your character and to grow these things and he started showing me the purpose for the season i was in mm -hmm. and I, I knew so I could either run where I thought the grass would be greener. And God said, if you get in a plane and go somewhere else, he said, the same scenario is going to show up there because it's in your baggage. Your baggage follows you wherever you go. Right. And I was like, okay, well, I, I, no, I don't want to experience this frustration again. So I just said, I'll learn it. So I sat in it and um, it was a couple years and I learned some huge things, but I was actually really joyful in it because I knew, okay, you're trying to do this. You're trying to do this. Like you have me here on an assignment. And then it was amazing. As I finished the assignment, the door started opening and then the Lord started speaking and kind of opened me to the next like place. And I would say just like from the external, like the next, the next season had a lot more resonance and it was much more congruent with my identity that was emerging. Mm -hmm. But I I see now how I was so equipped in my identity. You know, does that make sense? So it's like there was purpose to it. So I guess what I would say to the HR person is if Jesus has you there, then he has you there on assignment and you just need to have the discernment to say, okay, like I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to commit here, not in a lifelong eternal covenant, but I'm going to commit to you as my rabbi, my teacher, my disciple, my disciple or my leader. Um, I want to learn everything that I have here. And we, and, and if we can focus on him, he gives us grace and grace is what we need to, you know, endure or enjoy our circumstances. And, um, and so, and then when grace lifts, you know, it's time to go, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that like, 
so it's kind of a both end. I think in some ways our parents' generation was like commit for life. And that was actually because they had more of an idol of financial security. And I think, um, so I think they would commit and stay too long sometimes. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So I think they're trying to put their yoke on us, which was no, no, no. They shouldn't have like some of them needed to take a risk or follow the Lord. And Mm -hmm. he was leading in other directions, but they didn't. But that was more of the norm there is stay for life. Do your career till you're 65. Where then our generation has more of this, like, like you said, the living our best life and fulfilling all our dreams and traveling and seeing the whole world and stuff. So it's almost like, oh, don't commit, you know, so it's like it's kind of both. I think you both have to commit, but then you also have to be open to like, hey, well, the spirit may ask me to leave and I have to leave everything I've built and I've been there, you know, mm-hmm. and it's vulnerable. And then you have to start. And what do you mean? I just worked for all these years to build this and status and all this in an organization. And now I have to leave. It's like, yeah, because we're following the spirit, you know? Yeah. So I think in all of the, the, the goal is to be discipled by Jesus and to really um, live out of, you know, identity. So. That's so good. I mean, it changes the entire conversation because you're you're committing with the Lord and you're risking with the Lord, but you're doing it in step with him. Yeah. And like, obviously, sometimes that's hard to discern. Like, I think we've all been in situations where we really had to push past totally. your daily morning prayer to really know what the Lord's uh, 100%, 100%. will was. 100%. And sometimes, too you have freedom and I feel like the Holy Spirit will make that clear. Like, Hey, you're miserable. Yeah. Like go for it, go for something 100%. different. But one thing we were talking about before we started recording this, which is interesting is there's this, this, um, idea that there's this perfect job out there for us. Yeah. That is like the one and only job we can do. And we talked about calling on the last vocation and calling podcast. And obviously there are some, Um, things about calling that we can accept. Like there are certain, some people feel really called to ministry or to the hospital or whatever. And, and that's between them and the Lord. But Mm -hmm. there's this idea that you have one calling, like you have one soulmate. And honestly, like that can get a little bit ungrounded and a little bit in the realm of myth, if you're not careful. Yeah. And a little scary. Yeah. Because then you're searching for the one your whole life. And there's a lot of expectation wrapped around that one, Mm -hmm. one job, one person. It's like idyllic. Yeah. And so, what do you do when it doesn't turn out perfect because nothing is mm-hmm. kind of going back to the beginning. So it's a really interesting conversation. Totally. And one thing I'd say is, um, is part of is like, there's almost like an idolatry that can get woven in. And I think like idolatry is when we're finding, you know, worth value significance in anything other than God. And I think that, um, in the realm of job, that takes place because uh, we were listening to this. Uh, if you guys know Jamie Winship, he was, it was this little thing on identity and he was saying that identity is something that's received in community from God. So it's received, it's a gift, like mm-hmm. it's, it's bestowed upon us and you're either going to find it in community through God or you're going to find it in what you do and how much money you have um, or what people think of you essentially. And uh, and I think job for that reason becomes like a very easy, like, like an, an idol, you know? So it's like, I'm either going to look for my job to give me identity or I'm going to look, um, for, uh, uh, God, I'm going to find it in community through God. And so I think that that is a lot of, I think a lot of the disturbance in the marketplace and the, in jobs is because, uh, we actually go there wanting it to give us identity and, then we're always going to be miserable because we're yeah. worshiping an idol and idols always do the same thing, which mm-hmm. is you're on an endless, like, you know, chase, you're a hamster on a wheel chasing a carrot that's right in front of you when God's like, Hey, 
just come to me. Like I have your identity. And, you know, I was with a, I think I mentioned this in one of the last podcasts, but I think, uh, but I, you know, there's a, a guy, um, in the, in the church and I was just meeting with him and he was just, he's looked at me and he said, you know, I hope this doesn't across, come across prideful. He said, but I, he's like, I have been basically so grounded in my identity. And I think he said, I'm a peacemaker. I'm a, I'm an awakener of dreams. Like he just described, like, this is who I am. This is who God created me. He said, I could have any job in this city and I will be true to my identity. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, that is powerful. So powerful. You know, and I feel like that's how God wants to bring the kingdom to the, to the marketplace. It's like, if you can literally live in your identity and know exactly who God calls you to be, you will manifest the kingdom wherever you go. Like all creation is waiting for the sons, the daughters of God to arise, which connotates, I know who I am as a beloved son or beloved daughter and the uniqueness of that. And so it's like, it doesn't matter if you're mining coal. It doesn't matter if you're like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you know who you are, you'll manifest the kingdom. And I just, and the kingdom is peace, joy, righteousness mm-hmm. in the Holy Spirit. So like if you don't have peace and joy um, in the marketplace, in your job, I would say like, yeah, you may, God may have a better um, fitting vocation for you. And I believe that there's an upward call of God. So there is promotion. Like Joseph wasn't supposed to be in Potiphar's house his whole life, totally. right? So that is not a bad thing to desire, but you should have peace and joy the whole process because you're walking in your identity. You yeah, know what I mean? That's so good. And if identity is a gift that's given to us from God in the context of community, then we have to recognize it's not just for us. Like our yeah. identity and the calling that God gives us is given to us for the sake of other people. That's so that's like where that vocational narcissism gets in. We're yeah. we're not just focusing on this because of who am I? It's like yeah. who has God made me yeah, so that I can good. be a gift to others. And you can be a gift to others if you're manifesting Anywhere, the kingdom. Right? Yes. Yeah, like totally. And that's because, yeah, it's love. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, our identity is from love. So it's like there's a sense of peace and joy and fulfillment that can come because I'm in a workplace with other people where my identity will result, me living out of my identity. It's like they'll be loved. They'll yeah. be upbuilt. You know, they'll be encouraged. So Yeah, totally. That's all so good. Um, one last thing I want to think through. I... I know sometimes just really practically we can have a goal. Let's say we want to be a magazine editor or something mm-hmm. and that's what we feel really, really called to. Yeah. And sometimes as we're on the process to that goal, as we're discerning with the Holy Spirit, it can be challenging to make decisions leading up to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard this, it was like a graduation speech at some art school or something, but it was really brilliant. He was talking about how you need to know what your mountain is, what your goal is, mm-hmm. and you need to take steps that are leading you toward the mountain. So early on in your journey, if you wanted to be a magazine editor, it might make sense for you to take a mediocre writing job at some yeah, totally. local newspaper. And then after that, it might make sense to take over the newspaper. And mm-hmm. after that, it might make sense to do these different things. But at a certain point, a job that might have seemed like it was moving toward the mountain at the beginning will actually be taking you away from the mountain. Yeah, that's really And so like really practically speaking, as we're making decisions and moving toward our goals, like I guess... I guess I'm just recognizing that it's really challenging. Sometimes you don't know what is actually going to move you toward that mountain and taking it almost like a step back and being like, okay, God, where do I feel like you're calling me? And what is my identity? And like, is this step, is this job actually going in that direction? Or am I just choosing it because it seems like it's a linear path, but in reality, it's actually taking me away. 
And so there's just all of these things to think through with this. And I don't know if you want to add to that, but I guess I just want to empathize with everyone. Like it's hard making decisions leading toward a goal, but like getting time with the Lord, spending time with him and going through that discernment process will help us as we're navigating all these decisions. Yeah, That's all I was going to say is I think, um, Jesus was a man of prayer and I think that, you know, prayer, I'm on a prayer kick right now anyway, mm-hmm. but I think that space of really cultivating silence and solitude, which is, you know, getting to a place of internal peace to hear the whisper of God, I think is invaluable, you know, cause it's, there's so many things to navigate, but it's really like the motives, the thoughts and the motives of your heart, they come up, um, when you really, um, create space to process and reflect and, and discern. And so I think, yeah, there's a, it's a, it's a big topic that I think is highly unique, but the reality is we have a good father who is fathering us and he knows the plans he has for us. And he, he knit every hair of your head. He knows the number, you know, he, he put your cells together. He formed you like he knows you so intimately and intricately. And so I think the there's almost this, uh, spirit of confusion sometimes that wants to come and make it mm-hmm. like it's so complicated and it's so complex and it is if you try to figure it out on your on your own but when you come into the presence of your father you just he gives you what you need each day and so i think that's uh that's where you find all of these things and when i look back at some of the big lessons learned you know in uh in the in you know in work um and 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 understanding the times it's all come in prayer like the more I pray, it ne- I don't necessarily get the answers in prayer, but it, it will even posture my heart. It's seasons of a lot of prayer where my heart's postured and I start just hearing and receiving. And it's like I have more capacity to really hear from God and find those. And it's just like whenever God speaks, it's kind of like a mile marker where you're like, you're like driving through the road. You're like, am I even close to the place I'm going? Mm-hmm. And it's like. Seattle, 37 miles away. You're like, thank you, God. Like, I'm in the right way. You know what I mean? Uh And so I think that's where his voice is just that constant reassurance. Like, hey, you're on the right path. Like, I know the plans I have for you, and I'm leading you to fulfillment. So So ultimately, it comes down to do we trust God (laughs) to speak to us (laughs) when we're seeking him, you know? Totally. That's really good. Okay, well, I think that's um, a good amount to think through today if you are in a position where you're really struggling with your job, we're thinking of you. We send us questions. Yeah. Send us questions, like even more practical questions. There is an email. Um, but the best way to do it, I think there it's the now gathering at, um, that's a great question. We need to get that together, but on the website, the now gathering.com, there should be a place to submit questions. And so that would be the best. Yeah. Submit questions. We'd actually really love to hear from you and we'll or respond the Instagram to now gathering. Instagram is a great place. Oh, yeah. DM, DM us on Instagram. Perfect. Yeah. And PS, we have the now gathering coming up in August oh, yeah. 8th through 10th. It's going to be amazing. We have crazy guest speakers coming in. Sign up. It's a really transformative three days, and uh, we really can't wait to gather again and just kind of breathe fresh life into what God's doing in our generation. So we love you guys. Thanks for listening. See you later.